Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I'm going to have a small discussion with you around passive investing. And the question that I want to pose is, what is passive investing? Um, found myself lately in a lot of conversations about this. And I think there's like a, you know, there's a bullshit story around real estate. Um, and there's a bullshit story around passive investing. Um, you know, so many people think that passive investing is something that it isn't. And I, you know, I've had conversations recently where, you know, basically people are saying that they want to get into real estate because they want to quit their job. They want to leave their W2 job. Um, they don't want to have to be in their business all day, every day. And I get that a hundred percent. Um, you may have heard this story before, but when Kara and I first started investing in real estate, we were working with a company called BDR and one of the coaches at an annual, um, business planning session. It's a three day session. They call it uh, profit launch. One of the coaches asked the question, um, you know, what is it that you really want out of life? Like, what are your personal goals? What are your ambitions? And he made the statement. He said that if your business isn't helping you achieve your personal goals, you really just own a job. And so again, I've been having this conversation a lot lately with people around wanting to, you know, free themselves up from their business or um, eventually get to the place where they can quit their W-2. And my question always comes back to the same thing. What's that number that it's going to take in order to, as Robert Kiyosaki would say, get out of the rat race and, you know, to where your passive income is as much or more than your expenses. And so, you know, uh, this is obvious, but you can do one of two things. You can either increase your passive income or you can decrease your expenses or a combination of both. And so let's say hypothetically that number is $4,000. Well, this is where we start getting into the conversation and people are like, well, yeah, you know, I want to buy, um, you know, five, five homes. My goal is five homes or 10 homes. And I'm like, really? Um, so five homes is going to get you uh, $4,000 a month of passive income. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, people don't sit down and do the math and this is where the bullshit story comes in. Um, you know, I think we think that every single house that we buy is going to average us four to 500 or I've even had people tell me recently that they think that they're going to make a thousand dollars on every rental that they buy. Well, um, there's an old, there's an old ratio, an old number. It's called the 1% rule where basically, um, you should be charging 1% rent. The rent should be 1% of what the purchase price is. So if you buy a $300,000 house, the rent's going to be $3,000. Well, we're in a really unique and interesting time because that 1% ratio has kind of gone out the window. I haven't seen very many deals like that for a long time, which is one of the reasons why we're bullish on manufactured housing because we can, we can get a, you know, a, a three bedroom, two bath, single wide, although it's even hard to get that right now. I mean, Clayton Homes is out 12 months to get a, a home right now, if you can even get on the list. Uh, anyway, you can get a, you know, a forty fifty thousand dollars home for a uh, three bedroom, two bath home for forty dollars or $50,000. And, you know, the rents on that are five, six, $700 a month, plus lot rent, whatever, whatever that ends up being. So, 
uh, there is still some areas where you can, where the 1% rule, you know, could potentially apply, but for the most part, it's out the window. And so again, the bullshit story about real estate is, you know, people think number one, that it's passive and they think number two, that, you know, they're going to clear a whole bunch of uh, income. And here's the thing, if you went and bought a house for $300,000 and you paid cash for it, maybe, you know, maybe you will clear um, a, a substantial sum and, and get to that $4,000 number with, you know, five homes or 10 homes or whatever. But the reality is, is most people are utilizing debt when they're acquiring assets, which I, as you know, I'm a proponent of because, um, leverage in debt helps us to go further and faster. And plus you don't have to put as much as your own, of your own cash in and you get the depreciation, the tax benefits. I'm not here to debate whether you should or shouldn't put debt on an asset, but the only way that you're going to get the kind of numbers that I've been hearing from people lately is if you're going to go in all cash on a home and you know, that again, the, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea is a conversation for another day. So you need to replace $4,000 of your income. And here's the thing. I mean, really at the end of the day, by the time you have vacancy, turnover, rent fluctuations over the course of a few years, really, if you're going to hit a $4,000 number, you need to be planning on, you know, 30 to 40 homes. And that's why so many people are chasing multifamily assets right now, because you can buy a three or 400 unit apartment complex. And you know, if you could get one of those as an individual investor, most people are teaming up. But if you could get one of those as an individual investor, you're, you're probably going to, you know, get out of the rat race immediately. The problem is it's so hard finding deals. So that's bullshit story. Number one, um, trust me, it's going to take a lot more houses than you think it's going to. So back to the story, you know, if your business isn't helping you achieve your personal goals, you just own a job. Karen, I set a goal of two income producing properties a year for 10 years. And what my thinking around that was, was we would have 20 properties in our portfolio by the end of, uh, you know, 20 years and, uh, or by, by the end of 10 years. And then 30 years later, which would actually be 40 because we started, you know, the 10 year process of buying. So 40 years later, when I was 65 years old, um, I would have 20 homes paid for. And yeah, they would probably, you know, kick off 10,000, 15,000, whatever that number is a month. But it's going to take a lot more houses than you think it's going to. Bullshit story number one. Um, bullshit story number two is that it's passive. Um, I was reading an insider article, um, and it you know here's here's what they say or define that passive investing is. Passive investing is a long-term strategy in which investors buy and hold a diversified mix of assets in an effort to match, not beat the market. Um, obviously, it's it's interesting because anytime you know you read, you guys can go read this article, but um, it it's literally just search business insider passive investing. But usually when you see something like insider rights, they're, they're talking about the market, passive investing, which is truly passive. You, you know, put your money in the market, you leave it there. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. Give it to a financial advisor. I'm not saying you should go do that um, or not do that. I'm, again, conversation for another day. But what I'm getting at is that real estate investing for the most part, this is bullshit story number two, is not passive. Um, you're out looking for deals. You're out trying to find the deals. You're managing the property. And I've said this so many times, um, rentals are like employees, like one to 10 is really challenging because most of the time people are not passive in that zone. They're very, very active. Once you get to 10, maybe you've got enough cash flow coming off that you feel comfortable, you know, giving it to a property manager. I would say to you that if you truly want to be a passive investor, there's only a couple ways to actually do that. Number one, go find a turnkey investment company. There's plenty of them out there hard to find deals right now. Um, I've got a client that has bought four or five of them in the last few years and they just backed out of one in Florida because they just can't get the numbers to make sense. So if you truly want to be passive, 
find a turnkey investment company. That's a company that'll find a, uh, you know, basically a flip. They'll, they'll fix it. Um, they'll remodel it. They'll put uh, permit financing on it for you. You buy it from them and then they manage the property for you with a tenant in it. So that's truly passive. You don't really have to do anything. The other thing you could do is go find a property management company in your local market and say, Hey, look, I want to buy two or 10 or 15 or 20 homes over the next five years and let them go find the homes for you. Or maybe one of the investors that they're currently managing for wants to sell their portfolio. Trust me, that property management company does not want to lose those homes, that inventory, inventory, if you will, um, out of their portfolio. So they're looking for other investors to sell that to. So that's another good passive way because they'll find the deal for you. You just got to set up the financing. You have to buy it and then you just leave it with them to manage. The bullshit story though is that most people are not passive real estate investors. Um, the other you know, way to do it is invest with a, a group like ours. Um, there's plenty of multifamily investment companies, storage investment companies, all kinds of stuff. If you put a hundred grand in a fund like we manage, um, or again, there's plenty of other options. Um, if you put a hundred grand in that fund and you let that operator basically manage that money for you and let them do what they're good at and you keep doing what you're good at, that's truly passive. Most people listening to this that are wanting to get into real estate, I think are going to learn a lesson that it's not really actually that passive. Um, and I'm just going to kind of leave it at this. We'll wrap it up. The reality is you're going to do a lot of work. There's no passive investing involved in it at all. You're going to have to go find deals. You're going to have to manage deals. You're going to have to call plumbers. You're going to be on vacation and you're going to be having to make phone calls. The, you know, you're going to have be evicting tenants. And I'm not trying to be negative on real estate. I'm just trying to say that there's a bullshit story being told that it's light and easy and you know, you're just going to make all this money and everything else. And I'm just telling you, dig into it a little bit, count the costs and understand what it's going to take to get into it because it is a great industry. Um, it is a great business, but the reality is you're probably going to end up building out a real estate business and not a passive investment portfolio again, unless you hand it over to someone. So um, you know, keep listening to this and there's a lot of other uh, good podcasts out there. The real estate guys do a really good job. Bigger Pockets does a good job of, you know, really just helping us to understand what goes into buying and managing deals. So just wanted to throw that out there and let you know that um, I want to challenge your thinking around um, passive investing and it doesn't make it right or wrong, but what is passive investing and what isn't it? And just be prepared for that. So go out there and make it great. And, uh, you know, maybe just spend a little bit of time and think about uh, whether you really want to be a passive investor or if you want to be an active investor, either way is fine. Um, I like real estate. It's just not really that passive. Cheers. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.